Good morning to you all. How is your prayer life? Does it flow easily to pray or is it difficult? Today we're going to commence a subsection in the, in the series of, of uh, Christ-likeness. Over the next three or so weeks we'll think about, the, about prayer and Jesus and learn some lessons from his life. So today we're thinking particularly about the prayer life of Jesus. I'm sure we'd each all like to have a better prayer life. Um, we, we, we struggle with it from time to time, don't we? What, uh, what do you find is hard when you want to commit to prayer? Is it difficult making or finding the time? We all claim to be time poor nowadays, don't we? Some of us. Um, our minds get distracted or other tasks in hand. I'll, I'll, I'll do that later. I've just got to... Uh, have you done that? Hmm, I wonder. Sometimes something more urgent or important seems to come up. What about sleepiness? I well remember as a, as a younger person, each morning I'd have breakfast, then I'd go to the bedroom, have my quiet time, kneel on the floor, open the Bible, read the Bible, head down to pray, and ten minutes later I'd wake up. <laughs> Too many times it happened. I changed the way I, I, di- I did it in the end because I thought, oh, I can't keep doing this. Spasmodic or lack of commitment maybe is one of those things that, that maybe we struggle with. Or what about what to say? What is, is there a, a, any rules, any things we're supposed to do? God just wants us to pray. Just talk to him. We're going to discover uh, what, to, what we can learn about what Jesus, about his prayer life this morning. And while we're speaking, I want you to think for yourself about how the, some of the things I say or the scripture says can apply to you. You apply it yourself. I'll be giving you some applications later, but I want you to think seriously about what Jesus did and some things that we can apply to ourselves. So I find it interesting, fascinating, that here's Jesus, not just a man, this is God. And he needs to come to his Father in prayer. There's many prayers mentioned and and times that he's prayed, and we'll, we'll come to some of those. But he, he, needed, he felt the strong desire to come to his Father in prayer. Well, if he, how much more we to sustain us on our journey as he needed on his journey. So prayer is a, is a major theme in the Gospels. Yeah, Luke has been described as, as the, uh, the, the uh, more, there's, there's more about prayer in the Gospel of Luke than any other. Does that say about Luke? or what? I don't know, it doesn't matter. 10% of the Sermon on the Mount is devoted to prayer. You read it sometime and do your percentages. I didn't, but maybe you could discover that 10% is devoted to prayer. Six times in the Gospels records the words of Jesus as he prayed. We'll look at some of those. And nine times there are references to Jesus praying. Now, 6, 9, 15, 15, no, it's not like that. Jesus prayed a lot more times, that's, that's, that's a clear indication. But there are particular times it's mentioned when he prayed. And we want to, to, to look at the, some of these things, um, not so much the, but about what he said, uh, about, about the circumstances of his prayer, what drew him to pray. And that's, that's the thing that we want to understand today. So we'll, 
there's lots of if you're going to talk about Jesus in prayer there's lots of references we're not going to look at them all I can assure you but we will be looking at quite a few some I'll ask you to look them up and some you just listen to me and we'll try not to do too many I can assure you so the first one is Luke chapter 6 The first thing we want to look at in several areas is the fact that Jesus prayed before significant events. Suddenly, can you see something relevant there for you? Think about that. Jesus prayed before significant events. So Luke chapter 6, verse 12. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. He spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them who he designated apostles. And it gives the names of them. Notice the last one, Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. Did Jesus pray about that? Yeah, he did, didn't he? Interesting. So he he had a, a huge event coming up. These 12 that he's going to choose were going to be life changers for the world. Jesus was going to leave them in a little while and he he chose the most unlikely motley group of people, in my view, unlikely group of people to take the gospel to the world. Pretty successful, wasn't it? Jesus knew what he was doing but he needed to focus in prayer before this hugely significant event in his life. Momentous decisions had to be made. The future of the life and the growth of the church rested in this. Even Judas the traitor was chosen at this time. I don't understand, but I don't need to understand. Jesus had a plan. Of course, Judas had to be the traitor. If there wasn't a traitor... Would Jesus have been betrayed? No. Would Jesus have died? If he didn't die, what about me and my sin? So you see these things that we don't fully understand. God has a a plan going here and Jesus is well aware of that. So uh, he went to a quiet, lonely place to pray. And in the morning, after a night of prayer, he was ready for action. Now another one we want to look at is in Matthew chapter 14. Verse 22. I hope you're already seeing things applicable to you there. 14. Verse 22. Uh, Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up to a mountainside by himself to pray. Late that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out of them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walk on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. We, we, we're familiar with the story, no doubt. We, it's not the actual story we want to look at, but the, the situation that Jesus was in. 
There's a lot happening here. Just, just before this, Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist, who'd been in prison by Herod, was beheaded. And, and when Jesus heard that, we read, you see earlier on the chapter, Jesus went to a quiet place alone. It doesn't say he prayed, but I'm pretty sure there would have been some prayer going in there, don't you? He went to a quiet place alone. He was his, a dear friend, not just a cousin, but a dear friend. The one who had baptised him, the one that had, that had taught him lots of things, had now lost his life. And so he went to his quiet place alone. And uh, but the, the crowds, they went looking for him. And then he had this, this huge event of, of feeding the 5,000. Uh, that's, to lose a friend, very draining. To be mobbed by people, very draining. To then have all this huge crowd of people and, and uh, using uh, this little boy's lunch to, to feed them, all of these things happening. And very stressful, very draining, wasn't it? And so is it surprising? That, that's... that's uh, uh, pray after some events, but is something else is going to happen yet. Is, this is not finished. He, he's he's got something else. He's going to he wants to teach these disciples some very important lessons. And I noted as I was going through this that a lot of the 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 times when he prayed, he had a, a desire to teach them some specific thing about himself that followed on after his time of prayer. And he, he's one of these instances. And so he he prayed. By himself, alone, it says. And then he, he went out to them on the water. Now, the reaction of the disciples was predictable. Uh, but then the, the outcome was this. They discovered that truly you are the Son of God. So Jesus had been through all this stress, all this difficulty, the, the, the struggles of, of what, what was before, what was there, and then he, he had to pray. Because he wanted these disciples to understand that truly you are the Son of God. In Mark's uh, incident, uh, 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 details of this story, he, he points out that they had hard hearts and they had lessons to learn. Jesus was in the business of breaking down hard hearts, wasn't he? But he had to pray about it before he did, before he went out to this. Now, John chapter 11, we won't bother turning to this one, but in John 11, before the, ra- the raising of Lazarus, Lazarus, another good friend who died. Now, life is not, not easy. We think it's you know, a bed of roses for Jesus. No, very difficult, very stressful. All these things pressing on him. I mean, and he said a very unusual thing. When he found out that he died and, and people were wondering why he didn't come, he said, I was glad I was not there so you may believe. He was glad that Lazarus had died. Well, not putting it as bluntly as that, I suppose. But he was glad because he had some lessons to teach. Here we are again. Jesus had some lessons to teach these people. And nothing gets bigger than, than raising someone from the dead, does it? And so he prayed before it. And he said, I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. Speaking to his father, that they may believe that you sent me. This is why Lazarus was allowed to die, why he was able to bring him back from the dead, so that the people might believe that you sent me. So that once again, the, the focus on, on praying before revealing to people some new truths. 
Then here's another one we can look up together. This is Luke chapter 9. You don't need to look if you don't want to, but it's good to see what the scriptures say, doesn't it? So Luke chapter 9, verse 18. Once again, Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him. Who do the crowds say I am? They replied. Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah and still others that you're one of the prophets of long ago who's come back to life. But what about you? He asked. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, God's Messiah. You are the Christ. Once again, before this huge event was going to take place. And I say huge because finally they're grasping it, that he's the Christ. He's the one sent from God. It's getting through to them at last. It must have been frustrating for him to tell them the same thing so many times, but they got it. Peter understood that you are the Christ. Notice he was praying in private. I was trying to get my head around that. There's all this hubbub of people around there, the disciples, everyone, the things going on. And is Jesus praying in private? Fascinating to think about, isn't it? So that was praying before significant events. What about during significant events? For example, Luke chapter 3, don't bother looking at this one, but Luke chapter 3 at Jesus' baptism it talks about the heaven, heavens being opened while Jesus prayed. Now, I, once again, I've thought about that too. He's being, actually being baptised and he's praying. And while he was praying, the heavens opened and God spoke. Here's the same message again. He's my son, who I'm well pleased. This, after the prayer, here comes this great revelation again. As he prayed, the heavens were opened. Then at the transfiguration, further down in Luke, they went up to a mountainside to pray. And as he prayed, he, the voice came, this is my son who I'm chosen, listen to him. So Jesus praying d- during these events and God reveals himself to him. And then of course there's three prayers on the cross. This is another one of the times where Jesus' actual words are recorded. So during that awful event, he prays. First one, Father, forgive them. They know what they do. I couldn't do it. You couldn't do it, I'm sure. He, in the middle of all this, Father, forgive them. And then the second, second recorded prayer, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We know why he's forsaken, because he was carrying your sin and mine on the cross. That's why he was, God couldn't look at him, had to turn his back. And Jesus felt it so, so, uh, so harshly and so, so strongly. Why have you forsaken me? Then Jesus' third prayer, into the hands I commit my spirit. Father will forgive, you're forsaken, but all is okay now. All is okay, the job's done, I give myself to you. Jesus' third prayer on the cross. So the next little section we want to think about is praying after significant events, uh, and in uh, and this relates to the to the one we just talked about before. After the the feeding of the five thousand and the walking on the water, we can we can move on from that one there. 
And then in uh, in Luke 10, following the, the joy following the return of the 72, he'd sent these people out to to be to witness for him to to drive out demons and to heal people, and they came back absolutely wound up and excited. They just loved it. It was just an amazing event. And uh, Jesus had uh, um, Jesus prayed at that time, had having wonderful joy in seeing his followers serving in obedience with wonderful outcomes. Jesus was thankful for them. They were excited they'd, they'd be able to serve him and Jesus spoke to, he prayed at that time giving thanks for what God had done. Now here's another one you can look up with me. This is Luke chapter 1. Remember we're thinking about um, praying after significant events. Luke, uh, sorry Mark chapter 1 I should have said. Mark chapter 1. Verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. and When they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. This is why I have come. So he tra- so they, he travelled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. This this is uh, f- um, following on from a, from a great work that Jesus had been doing. He he needed to get away from the from the from the activity that he'd been involved in, and it had been. Very busy. He'd been going around healing people and driving out demons, and lots of people were crowding around. And he just wanted, needed to get away. So what? What does it say? Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house, went off to a solitary place, and he prayed. So when the stress was the greatest, Jesus needed to pray. Hmm, heard that before? Can you apply that? I wonder. And so he needed to get away and pray. On his own, early in the morning, while it was still dark, he just went off to a solitary place and prayed. Because the, the, the disciples, they had these other plans. They, they were the, the sort of the gatekeepers. They were all these people crowding around and they wanted, where's Jesus, where's Jesus? Come on, the people are waiting for him. He didn't want that. He wanted the peace and quiet of prayer. In fact, he said, no, we're, not, we're going somewhere else now. We're not going to stick around to keep these people content with their, all, their, their, all their wants. We need to go to other people too. So after the, the difficult time, he needed to get away uh, and to be away and be with the Father. There are huge demands ahead and huge demands in the past. When he was tired and needed time alone to refresh his soul, in Luke 5, he, he, he withdrew from the crowd. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to pray, it says in Luke 5. He prayed alone and regularly. He often withdrew to lonely places to pray. And I, I mentioned before that often there's special teaching after times of prayer. Well, well uh, in, in Luke, before teaching the Lord's Prayer, he, he was praying. 
once again, not, not the group, but Jesus alone was praying and the others were watching him. When he'd finished praying, one of them said, teach us to pray. And so he gave them the Lord's Prayer. And in, in John, following prediction, Jesus' prediction of his death, he said, now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Praying, he says, Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And immediately, and this is a quick answer, I like quick answers. We don't get them that often, do we? God replied, I have glorified it and will glorify it again. So here he is. He, he, uh, he had special teaching with the disciples. He taught them that he was going to die, that he would rise again. One of the, the several times that he mentioned that to them. They didn't seem to get it, did they? But Jesus then, uh, he, he, uh, he, he needed to pray, which he did. And then in, in uh, Luke 18 and 1, he told his disciples a parable to show that they should always pray and not to give up. Always pray and not to give up. That was in in Luke chapter one. And then when he was concerned about individuals, at at the Last Supper, before, uh, he uh, he said to Peter, "I have prayed that your faith will not fail." Jesus knew that Peter was going to betray him. No, Lord, I would never do that. Jesus knew that Peter was going to betray him, and he said to Peter at that Last Supper. I prayed that your faith will not fail. This, this personal interest in individuals, not just the, the big picture, but here's one person that has needs and he has this personal interest in, in that person's needs. And then um, and in John 17, we won't be looking at that today because others will look at that later, but John 17, it's a prayer for the disciples and us before his crucifixion. This is once again at this final gathering before they go out. Jesus prays this lovely prayer because he was concerned about individuals and what they might need. But just one more I want us to look up and go back to the one we read before in Matthew chapter 26. There's, there's three, three times it mentions Jesus praying here. Jesus knew all that was before him. There were no surprises. Jesus knew that was all was there. And he had this dilemma. I think we can call it that. If I do this, what will be the outcome? where it will be salvation for you and me. If I don't do this, what will be the outcome? Father, is there any other way, he prays. Is there any other way? He, he, he talks about him um, to the disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. Um, and he took a couple along with him and then he, he says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Well, I suppose it's a bit the opposite to, to, to my example before. They slept and Jesus prayed. I, you know, it didn't quite work out a bit different to mine. 
But Jesus, if he was he was praying intense prayer. The, the, um, I think it's Luke described it as like blood dripping to falling to the ground. The intensity of the situation. He had this: what's going to happen? Do I or don't I? Almost. I don't think it was quite like that. Jesus knew it before him. He never doubted that. But but at this moment, Father, is there any other way? Is it possible? May this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. That's amazing, that last statement. Is there any way? But not as I will, Father, but as you will. And that's one of the important things about prayer for us, I think, is that the submission to the Father's will. We, we, we don't, Jesus didn't come with a long shopping list of all these things he wanted. We tend to do that, don't we, with prayer? I guess speaking for myself. But not as I will, Father, but as you will. That's, that's, the, that's the thing that we need to keep in front of us. And that's what Jesus can teach us here, willing to submit to, the, to God. And so he, he, um, uh, the men had gone to sleep and he, he and then he, he, um, let me read it. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? To be honest, I don't think I could blame them. All this stress for them too, middle of the night. Oh, couldn't you keep watching with me for one hour? Shows how long Jesus was praying. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Yeah, we struggle with that, don't we? And then he, he went away and he prayed the second time. And the second time was a bit different. He said, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may you will be done. And then the third time went away and prayed the same prayer on, for the third time. So Jesus was in this intense situation. Now, the, the reality of the, of the cross and the, and the struggle is any other way. There was no other way, was there? Jesus prayed, you will be done. I'm thankful there was another way. I'm thankful Jesus said, you will be done. Because it brought us salvation, didn't it? Because he went forward to the cross and gave his life for there. And so Jesus prayed at different times of day or night, different circumstances, different situations, a variety of places, huge number of of different things going on around him. As we've seen often on the mountainside or at home or alone or with others or wherever it might be, uh, in, after, after nights of prayer he was then ready to act. He went to lonely places to pray. But do you notice what I said? After prayer he was ready to act. I think this is one of the things we really need to learn from about Jesus' prayer life. That he didn't act haphazardly and say, God bless it, you know, I've done all these things, bless it God and move on. No, he prayed intensely for the things that God wanted him to do and then acted upon what God was calling him to do. So, I wonder, can you see a pattern here in, in all this that's going on? Well, there are quite a few patterns, I think. The, the whole of Jesus' life focused on the reason he came to the world, to die on the cross, to bring us salvation from sin, and to prepare a group of what we, say, we may see as the most unlikely and flawed characters to take this message to the world. 
That's why he came. That's why he prayed. That's why he did these things he did. So often after he prayed, as he was, as he was uh, to be prepared to teach the disciples something new or challenge them to grow and change as his people. So the focus comes out of many of his prayers, this, this, uh, this understanding as we followed his prayers. So he prayed particularly when he wanted to bring some new teaching to his followers. He prayed often. How do you define often? Mm, not sure, but it's never enough, is it? He prayed often. His prayer life was a normal and regular part of his life. It wasn't a, an add-on, oh, whoops, I better pray. It was just a normal part of how he lived his life, that, that prayer and living blended in together and became part of who he was and what he did. He prayed for friends as well as people with great needs. I wonder did he pray for enemies. I'm not sure he did have any that he prayed for, but he, he could have, he, he, sh- he would have, I'm sure. Someone we could learn from that too. He prayed before and after great events in his life and when life was unusually busy. And there's a huge variety of styles of prayer. It's what I've called here the sprinter prayers. A few words and move on. Uh, the Lord's Prayer, I guess, for example, as a sprinter prayer. Very short, very much to the point. Or there were other times he only said a handful of words. But there were times when you could call marathon prayers. In Luke 6 it says he prayed all night. Think about the sprinter prayers. It reminds me of Nehemiah. When Nehemiah was downcast because of the sad state of, the, of, the, of Jerusalem and, the, and the, the wall falling down, and the king said to him, why are you looking so sad? And this could have been a death sentence for looking sad. And it says, I prayed to the Lord and I said to the king. Split second. Yeah? It wasn't, wasn't you know, kneeled down. No, just in the same instant, he prayed to the Lord and said to the king. That's one of those, what I would call a sprinter prayer, a quick one, because that was required at that particular time, wasn't it? It didn't matter where or when, if he needed to pray, he prayed. Busy things going on, he got aside to pray. People buzzing around, he got aside to pray. Quiet, busy time, whatever it was. People around or on his own, morning, noon or night, inside or outside, you can think of lots of other times and places where Jesus prayed. So as, as God's people, we need to learn lessons from the prayer life of Jesus. I hope you've, you've picked up things in the way through that, that you can apply to yourself and realise that, that that needs to be part of our lives as believers. Uh, Jesus taught us to pray and he wants us to be people of prayer and to continue to be people of prayer.